Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, Galaxy Finance. Sponsors and personal friends that I trust, that I trust enough to go to with questions about my own finances. That's not a sales pitch, that's fact. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With official interest rates at an all-time low, the lenders want your business. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact, ask for Leanne, and mention Unfiltered for a free chat. A free chat. No obligations. A free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Galaxyfinance.com.au is where you can find them. I've been fortunate, really fortunate, to meet so many good people over the journey. This is proof you don't necessarily have to be a big name to have a big story. This is Weekend Story. Some easy listening as I talk to some of the people I've met along my journey. They're from differing backgrounds and industries. The stories are theirs, uniquely theirs. They're inspirational, emotional, intriguing and different. Sometimes all rolled into one. You may not know their name, but by the end of this podcast, you won't forget their story. Welcome to Andy Raymond Unfiltered and Weekend Story. I'm James Tahuna. This is my story. Mixed martial artist, stone lifter, good fella and mentor. He's also been a mate of mine for 20 years or so, I guess, maybe a little longer I reckon it was 1996, James, watching your older brother Tummer fight at Rudy Hill RSL when we first met. How are you, legend? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. You know, just um, come out of lockdown and just getting the ball rolling again. Retired happily. The fight game, it's a different industry, mate. There's different dudes along the way. Sometimes it's actually more dangerous outside of the cage than inside. And it's a sport because it's an individual sport that can be pretty lonely too. Yeah, it's uh, it's very tough. Um, I guess um, you know every day is a different day, and uh, being able to keep yourself strong in those times where you're kind of vulnerable too and not feeling it. So uh, being able to you know get some support and uh, being able to you know stand up tall and, and continue on your path and your routine and whatever you've got to do that day. So um, definitely, um, definitely helps out big time. Spoke to Danny Green last year on our Legends Series interview and he said a winner's dressing room is a wonderful place to be. A loser's dressing room is a lonely place to be and you really find out who your mates are. Is that true? Yeah. It's um, fighting's uh, – you do walk in that cage or into the ring by yourself, but you need that team. You really need that strong team and um, – I guess looking back on my career, you get to reflect back and you know recognize all the you know the, the things that you could have done better, and um, the team is one thing that uh, as fighters, boxers, or mixed martial artists need to uh, appreciate. Yeah, and um, really keep their team, lock onto their team that they have, 
and not bounce around all over the place. Otherwise, you will be pretty lonely. What was the reaction when you told someone you're a cage fighter? Well, like back in a, you know, maybe like 15 years ago, 20 years, you know, 15, 20 years ago, it was, um, I'd explain myself. Yeah. And, um, you know, cage fighter was, they thought, oh, you know, like a, a couple of, you know, you know, cockfighting sort of thing. Yeah. They chuck them in a pen and, and, you know, anything goes. So I'd explain about, oh, there's, you know, there's, there's different rules in place and there's a referee and, but before it was kind of like um, no one really understood it. Mm. So um, I guess when UFC arrived in Australia just over ten years ago, it quickly just um, yeah the, um, the the public really got to acknowledge and, and know what mixed martial arts is actually about. You were there at the right time. Didn't the industry explode in Australia around your UFC UFC debut, which was one hundred and ten, I think. Yeah, it's um, that was it. Just as you said, it really took off on right, right from there. Yeah, it, um, you know, a lot more Australian fighters and, and fighters from New Zealand got to compete. Um, a lot more support from the Australian public, and I guess yeah, a lot more uh, media coverage too. And uh, the more viewing time that MMA or UFC got, the more people got to understand, okay, well, this yeah. isn't such a brutal sport. There's actually rules in place. They have gloves. There's any time um, an athlete or fighter looks like he or she's in trouble, then the referee or the doctor, there's, you know, safety measures put in place. Yeah. 25 fights, 16 wins. And for any elite athlete, it's often said the good ones learn more from a loss. I'm going to rewind back to a fight you had with that absolutely crazy MF, Hector Lombard, in March of 07. You didn't win the fight, but you learned, and wow, your career took off immediately. You came back a better fighter from a loss. Yeah. I was uh, – I fought Hector, and um, he's a bit of a beast. He's a, he was a he was a guy on a bit of a tear too. Um, walking, walked into a fight where I didn't – Prepare for it, but that's my own mistake. That's I'll wear that one, um, and I wasn't ready to to fight that guy of his mm. um, his level because he was quite a you know well above me. Um, I learned a lot from that fight. He he pretty much like gave me a hiding for sixty seconds. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he um, he tossed me around and I posted my arm out. My shoulders dislocated, and um, I had problems with my shoulder before, and I was trying to get myself by, not really attending. The shoulder problem, thought I'd get by, you know, just doing a few exercises and protecting it. But um, he tossed me around like a rag doll and my shoulder came out and then um, he won by TKO. And after that fight, I thought, okay, well, what do I have to do? I've got to, you know, I can't like, I've got to, I've got to fix something. So yeah. um, that fight um, definitely brought to the table what I need to fix. So, you know, step back, got my shoulder fixed up. Um, reassessed the areas that I need to work on and then improved from that loss. Man, did you improve from that loss. Huge. Out of curiosity, as we sit here today uh, in November of 2021, how's the body? Because it wasn't only the shoulder. If I'm right, I recall a broken arm, a broken hand, a broken foot amongst other injuries. I was <laughs> – so every time I copped the injury, I was – you know, trying to heal up and get back on the road quick as I can. And then 
in the back of my mind too, I'm always thinking, oh, when I finish up, <laughs> that's when the fun's going to start. You know, it's going to it's gonna bite me in the ass. But um, surprisingly, now that I've finished up, I feel better than I've actually ever felt before. Wow. Yeah, I'm actually, my body's quite, um, quite good actually. I've, um, I guess when I think back when I was competing and, and, and training hard and all that stuff, I was under stress for a long time. My body was under stress. My mind was under stress. Um, trying to deal with injuries and also trying to be in tip-top shape for a fight. Yep. So, um, yeah, I, I guess, you know, once I finished up, all the stress kind of left my body and, and got to work on areas to keep myself um, keep myself upright again and, you know, um, keep myself strong and stretching and, you know, resting more and, the, the things that I was supposed to do when I was competing, but I just didn't have enough time because yeah. I wanted to fight again. Mate, best memory of your combat days, what is it? Is there a fight? Is there an event? Is there an, a moment that stands out above all the others? And if so, why? 100%. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's a memory that I'll never, ever forget. So um, this fight was the most important fight of oh, my life, yeah. in and out of the ring. Yeah. So it wasn't a street fight because I've had no street fights. Good boy. <laughs> so my very first fight that I had as an amateur boxer when I was 14 years old in New Zealand. It was a pretty special fight for me because um, as a kid when I was growing up, I had a lot of struggles. Yeah. So for me to go through that training process and step through those ropes into the ring was the biggest step I've ever taken in my life. And it was... Um, that was a step where uh, I knew things can get better for me because of, you know, gained that courage and I've stepped into that uh, uncomfortable uh, realm, that yeah. field. So it was um, the biggest step I've ever taken in my life. Yeah. You mentioned you had some struggles as a kid. As we look at you now, you're, you're an athlete retired, but your journey is only, you know, really just beginning. You're doing a lot of mentoring in Western Sydney, primarily through New Wave Engagement. Uh, it's about youth empowerment. It's about connecting and building and strengthening young people. Tell us a little bit more, mate. So um, about a, a few years ago, actually, I got an opportunity to uh, mentor a couple of young guys um, that have been through community services uh, just giving them support, um, support. So if they are struggling with, you know, disengaging in school or, or just um, finding things hard and tough and just needed a bit of direction, I would step in and spend a bit of time with them. Uh, we'll get to understand each other, uh, learn the boundaries, what not to cross, um, and find out what their interests are in and ask them a lot of questions. What's going on? You know, what should we do? How can we, you know, do things better? How can we get better and start moving forward? So they get to answer their own questions and uh, I help assist them with that. So things like, uh, I guess, going from a kid to teenage years, you know, that primary school to high school mm. years, that 12, 13 years old, it's a, it's a, it's a big step to take and, you, you know, you're finding it hard to deal with emotions and trying to fit in and, Trying to gain courage, and you can easily steer off in the wrong direction. You know, if you're, if you're, um, if the the influence around you is not is not positive. So I'm here to step in as a positive influence and to help um, guide them 
and and um, yeah, make them discover their own their own identity, identity and discover their own journey. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, Galaxy Finance. Sponsors and personal friends that I trust, that I trust enough to go to with questions about my own finances. That's not a sales pitch, that's fact. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With official interest rates at an all-time low, the lenders want your business. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact, ask for Leanne, and mention Unfiltered for a free chat. A free chat. No obligations. A free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Galaxyfinance.com.au is where you can find them. And you're doing it through the experiences that you've lived. The kids deviating from the right path. Are they receptive to your actions and your words? And and how satisfying is it when you're able to play some type of role in their betterment? Yeah, well, like, uh, you know, I was uh, I was the same too. I was the kid struggling. We all were the same, you know. Mm. Kids struggling through, struggling with emotions and learning how to use tools and being able to, you know, manage our emotions. Um, I show a lot of empathy towards this, these kids, uh, a lot of compassion because I was once there myself. So I can see the path or, or the position that they're in. We're on the same level sort of thing. And I guess like they can come from our culture too as well. Like I come from New Zealand, which mm. is um, part Māori, New Zealand Māori, and our culture is um, and our beliefs is, uh, I guess there's no one higher um, above than the other. Everyone's mm. on the same level. And you would find that in the greeting of the pressing of the nose, the Māori greeting, the hungi, mm. pressing of the noses. So that could represent a number of things. It could mean a number of things. Um, this is one of them. So the pressing of the nose and the inhale of the nose is to represent this, the, uh, uh, the first breath or the first and how that we take when we're born into the world, right? Yep. So it's a reminder that we share the same breath. Um, we are the same person. There's no one above us, no one below us. We're on the same level, you know, eye to eye. So um, it's, uh, yeah, I, I guess through my culture, I'm able to, yeah, listen, um, understand better about what someone's going through. Tough old, uh, tough old area, Western Sydney, and a, a lot of young uh, Islander kids out there that really look up to you. Yeah, a lot of Pacifica kids out there. Yeah. Uh, I guess in Western Sydney, you know, big on uh, rugby league, the, the Western Sydney rugby league comp is massive. Yeah. And a great opportunity to be able to, you know, not only sport, but, you know, other things in life, like whatever they do, um, they can put themselves in order, find mm. that routine, what works for them and um, do great things that can, uh, you know, rub off in other areas in their life. If you want to get in touch or know someone that does want to get in touch with James and uh, and and have a chat because he's more than open to it, uh, grab your pen and paper. I'll repeat it again later, but nwengage.com.au, nwengage.com.au. Uh, you're not one to sit still, mate. Stone lifting. What the <laughs> hell have you got yourself into? <laughs> oh, went from one extreme sports 
the fighting, combat sport, to another. So I got into strongman competition. And I guess on the last couple of years, it's starting to um, to grow a bit more. Mm. You might be able to find a bit of it on TV, on, on you know, YouTube or something where all those big boys, that, you know, the strongest men in the world are, uh, are lifting heavy objects and doing multiple tasks with them. So not only lifting it one way, but like moving an object, object. And um, one of the um, the favorite, oh, one of my favorite events was uh, stone lifting. So Atlas stone lifting, where there would be this huge boulder looking ball, concrete ball, uh, different weight. It's very awkward to lift. Oh very yeah. Awkward. Um, when I first started, so I started a couple of years ago, and um, you know I couldn't even lift the twenty kilos off the floor. And I come last, like I did in boxing when I first started, like I did in MMA when I first started. But because I'm, you know, I'm I'm a sore loser sometimes. <laughs> I'm that person that doesn't really have a, a talent because I've I'm the, I'm the last person to learn. So for me and you are doing something together, you will most likely win. I will lose. The difference is I'll go back home and practice that and practice that. Yep. Spend lots of hours. And they come back the next day and then try and get their win back. If I don't, I'll do it again and again and again. <laughs> the world's strongest man. I grew up, and I remember watching it on Channel 9's Wide World of Sports, uh, and this is going old school here, going back to uh, the Bill Kazmaier days, John Paul Sigmundson, uh, Magnus Vermagnuson, uh, Sven Carlson, you know, they're names that uh, come springing back, but but you've really locked in on the stone lifting and the atlas, as you said. Is it about pure strength? Is it about uh, mind over matter? Is it about determination? What's the key? All those things. Okay. All those things. Um, I see a, a lot of people that are naturally good lifters, um, very strong and able to do uh, pull big numbers, you know, yep. be able to be able to lift big numbers, but and it comes down to the mind too. Like you got to have a, like a very sharp mind and, and strong mind, and and really have belief in what you're actually doing. I guess I brought that over from from my uh, fighting days. Um, I was able to attack a movement. So, for instance, to um, break it down, if you got a hundred kilo um, atlas stone in front of you. And then you, if you're not prepared for it, you'll go lift it. And then as soon as you touch the um, the stone, you start lifting it, you'll realize, oh, shit, this is actually quite heavy. Mm. Once that little seed is planted, when you're thinking that in your mind, man, it's, you're going to have a tough day. Yeah. But if you're preparing yourself in your mind, mentally rehearsing it over and over and over again, yep, I'm going to do this. This is what it's going to look like when I walk up to that stone and start picking up off the ground, I'm going to finish it. So um, there's uh, definitely a lot of uh, mind power, a lot of mental strength behind it. What weights are we talking here, mate? What are you lifting? So uh, so my weight division, the stuff that you would have seen on the media is all the big boys, you know. Yeah. The big boys weigh like um, 130 kilos plus all the yeah. way to like 180 kilos, I think one of the top years. These are big boys. There's no one under six foot. They're all like... Six two and up. Mm. Um, so the weight division down is hundred under one hundred and five kilos, and I'm in that range, you know. Um, so that 
record for Australia was 200 kilos, a 200 kilo boulder, stone, oh. 200 kilo stone. Now, it's a lot different to picking up a bar because a bar, you have handles. Yep. You can keep it close to your body. But if you picture this, a big round wall where it's, it's not something small, you got to try and fit your hands right around, and your hands can't go right around it. So you, you can't, can't lock them in. You can't, you can't connect your fingers up together. So your hands are like, I guess, the object, a 200-kilo stone will be the size of half a fridge, but in a big, you know, oh, the wow. size of a boulder. Shit. So you can't get your hands right around it. Um, you got to walk up to that. That weighs 200 kilos, and you got to pick it up and then put it over the top of a bar. It's, uh, yeah, when you look at it, you think, what the hell? Mm. It doesn't look good, too good for the back. <laughs> it's, um, there's a lot of technique behind it. There's a lot of practice. There's a lot of training. And um, if you do things right, you won't get injured. If you do things right, you will also do well in the sport. But it actually crosses over to other areas in your life too. Let's say we're moving house and you've got to move that fridge. <laughs> exactly. Now, mate, I've already mentioned you're a guy that can't sit still. The Newcastle Knights in the NRL, you're doing some work with them alongside our good mate Danny Green um, and uh, Hayden Knowles, Craig Catterick. What's happening there? What's the role? Yeah, so I've, uh, I've, came in as a, I've come in as a wrestling coach you know, from my combat sports yeah. background. A wrestling coach and I guess... My long career in fighting, I spent like 22 years in combat sports, um, competing at the highest level. And I guess, you know, bringing that mindset in, into footy, it can help in certain areas, especially when uh, under fatigue, yep. things get tough, uh, under pressures where you just got to, you know, sometimes you got to knuckle down and, and um, you know, really dig, dig deep and, um go through that, walk through that fire and be able to, you know, do your task. Let's crystal ball, mate. Where are you? What are you doing in 10 years' time? So crystal ball, where am I? I'm still in the uh, um, Sydney Western community, uh, expanded the business, uh, having uh, a lot of uh, positive impact within the community. Awesome. And that business, once again, nwengage.com.au. Great fella, great mate, doing sensational things in the community after doing his thing inside the cage for so many years. James Tahuna, always a pleasure, mate. Keep well, legend. Cheers, man. Thank you. There you have it, another Andy Raymond Unfiltered podcast. We're the podcast that doesn't talk about the legends of the game. We're the one that talks with them for you. Over the off-season, we've got two weekly podcasts. Tuesdays a Q&A day. Your questions, their answers. You legends are in complete control of the interview. Look out. Then the weekend story comes out. You guessed it, on the weekend. We're moving away from footy for this one and chatting with friends I've met along the journey. All with amazing, confrontational or emotional yarns. It proves you don't necessarily have to be a big name to have a big story. Before you go, we'd love for you to hit that five-star rating for us on the app you're listening on on the way out. Write a review too. We'd love that. It helps us grow the brand and bring you more. Make sure you come back soon. Legends, 